Yeah, baby, it's new and it's exciting. That's right, our own YouTube channel is coming. You're damn right, it's going to be good, too. We're going to make it worth your while. And all you guys on the YouTube channel, I'll get it to you. You guys got to come over and get the chat going. Let's have some arguments. Let's have some fun. All right, I'm going to show you a video. And this happened in Chicago yesterday. This happened in Chicago And when I opened up the Chicago Sun-Times, when I opened up the Chicago Tribune's online edition on my phone, which actually I'm a subscriber, I was a subscriber to the Chicago Tribune, there's not one word about this. There's not one headline about what I'm about to show you. And what I'm about to show you that happened in Chicago yesterday, as Dylan said, I've never seen nothing like this. What I'm about to show you is shows is how afraid we are to be real. How afraid we are to actually report on what's happened. We're afraid of claims of being called racist. We're afraid of being whatever else we want to be called. Now, this is in the city of Chicago. This is the Fox outlet in Chicago doing a live stand-up. Let's go ahead and roll it, fellas. Let's roll this video. Watch it closely. They are trying to track down the man in these photos. Around 7 o'clock this morning at the corner of Clark and Hubbard, while our reporter was in the middle of a live report about gun violence in Chicago, a man walked up and pointed what appeared to be a firearm at our crew. Right now, police are calling this man a person of interest, accused of aggravated assault with a firearm. If you have any information regarding who he is or where he is, please contact Chicago police. Not one word. Go to the Chicago Sun-Times. Not one word. Zero. Like, I don't care if the guy's black, white, whatever. I, I don't care. I mean, there isn't one word as I scroll through here about, and you know where that is, actually? I think... That looks to me in the area that's called the Viagra Triangle, which is where three great restaurants. I love going there. I don't go there very often, but I got engaged right there to the Lee uh, at Gibson's. Carmine's is right there. Uh, Tavern on Rush is right there. Hugo's Frog Bar is right there. It's a fantastic area. As it looked like to me, now I'm not sure. I I don't pretend to know all of the streets of Chicago. I know them a little bit. I know them fairly well. But that's what it looked like to me. I could be wrong. It doesn't really matter where it is. I mean, really, what matters is you have got a guy pointing a gun in the middle of the day on a busy street at a news crew. A news crew. That is the local Fox morning crew. And not one single word is reported on it. Like, I I went this morning, and I'm sure I'm wrong about this. I've got to be wrong about this. I don't pretend to know every news organization, and I don't pretend to follow every news organization. But, but, I didn't see it anywhere other than the Blaze. Nowhere. The Blaze had it. Uh, The Fox station had it. A lot of people had it. But I did not see it. Now, you got to remember, and I, hey, look, 
I'm not going to get into a gun debate. I, I, I just got a gun because I've had enough. But I've never been pro-gun. You know, I understand one side says government can't take our guns. The other side says, hey, the gun lobby is killing kids in our country. I write an article. It'll be out this weekend. I wrote an article. It'll be out this weekend on OutKick. But I, I got to tell you, I don't give a damn what side of this is. That is horrifying in a city that has the strictest gun laws in the country. Here's some clown walking down the street waving a gun around and feeling perfectly comfortable doing it. I mean, think about it. Ah, what are you going to do today? I'm going to go to Starbucks. I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to wave. And I'll get a gun. I'm going to wave a gun around with my latte. Hey, there's a film crew. I care so little. I think so little of what's going to happen to me that I will wave my gun, point it at. There's a cameraman behind that camera. I will point it at the cameraman on live TV. That's what a blank hole Chicago has become. But you're not going to hear it reported anywhere. Not sure why. I have some guesses. Not sure why. It, it, th- that stunned me when I tried, and maybe it'll be in tomorrow. Maybe I'm missing it. I hope I am. I hope that somebody can send me, email me, dan at 1070thefan.com. Send me an email and show me where that is anywhere, anytime, present anywhere. Please show me, because I have not seen it. We're so afraid, man, of being called an is. That's the only thing I can figure. I mean, honest to God, I imagine if that was a white dude, that would be white supremacy walking down the street, I imagine. I don't give a damn if you're white or black. That is unbelievable that this isn't a national story that is pounded everywhere. Dude, to a cameraman and a camera points a damn gun on live TV in the middle of the day, in the middle of Chicago. And not a word is said. Man. All right. I'm going to talk about these things, and it can blank everybody off as much as you want, but that's asinine, that's irresponsible, but that's the country we live in. We only want to, we only want to talk about things that make sure we don't become uh, called an ist. That's the only reason. It's infuriating. Um, Colin Kaepernick, in his documentary, decided to tell the story of how the NFL is, quote, slavery. It's incredibly offensive if you've read anything about slaves, right? Basically, the NFL allows anyone that's good enough to make millions of dollars. Yeah, you got to go through a process uh, where they want to make sure that you're healthy. Okay, fine. But to say the NFL is slavery, compare it to the horrors of slavery. I don't know if anybody paid attention to what slavery actually was, but whips, buried alive, incredible, incredible torture. The NFL ain't that, bruh. The NFL ain't that even a little bit. But this is why I never listen to athletes. People ask me all the time, why don't you have more athletes on your show? And I go the Tony Kornheiser route. You know what? They don't say anything. And what they say is full of crap. 
So now Colin Kaepernick is begging to come back to the NFL, and I'm being literal about this. Hasn't played six years. It'll be six years since he's played. I heard the most asinine, disingenuous conversation between Hannah Storm, Teddy Bruschi, and Lewis Riddick this morning on Get Up, and I just wanted to puke. I mean, let's be honest here. Let's talk about what's real. Somehow, some way, the NFL is being held hostage by Colin Kaepernick. I mean, they can't get rid of the guy. They can't get rid of the guy. I mean, the guy turned down a multi-million dollar contract, walked out on the league. I have applauded Colin Kaepernick. I like a good protest. I like when people sacrifice. He did. He did. I mean, let's be honest. You may not like what he did, but you got to admit that he did, by taking a knee, put himself in a position where he could be and subsequently was blackballed. There was a risk that he took. You know, a lot of these guys now don't know that there is no risk because, frankly, everybody's too scared to criticize them. But the truth of the matter is, Kaepernick is holding the uh, the NFL hostage, and he knows it. Look, I don't think Kaepernick's a particularly smart guy. I don't think I'm a particularly smart guy. I thought he was, and then I watched some of uh, his speeches, and I thought, okay, nah, this ain't real. I mean, watch some of the, uh, over history, Watch some of the civil rights leaders give speeches, and you're like, damn, I can follow that guy. Kaepernick, nah, it's just a young guy talking. But anyway, so Kaepernick is holding them hostage. What happens here? Because you know it's coming. You know, you know, uh, and if I would be very careful if I was the Oakland Raiders, if this doesn't go well, guess what? They're going, somebody in that organization is going to be called a racist. And that's like the scarlet letter for every white dude, right? You know, and that's the easiest thing to throw around. Look, he may not be good enough, but I guarantee if he ain't on that team, the, Ra- the, the Raiders and somebody's going to be called racist. That's a fact. I mean, that is not even an opinion. And everybody that's real knows that that's true. So somehow this guy, Kaepernick, good for him. The NFL is racist. Excuse, yes, the NFL is racist. The NFL is akin to slavery, yet I can't wait to get back in. I got to tell you, I'm betting there were very few, and I understand slavery fairly well. Not great, but I did minor in African-American studies, and I did read up on it, and I have a working knowledge of it, and I understand the difference between house and field. I guarantee you this, nobody living in the field was ever begging to come back to slavery. Honest to God. Now, hey, I'm all for it. If Kaepernick's good enough, play his ass. Play his ass. But six years out, calling it slavery and then coming in, that's fine. That's why I don't listen to players. I know you guys always listen to players. You know, you guys listen to players. You guys love players. Oh, my God, he said this. I'm like, really? I don't listen. NFL slavery. Please take me back. Why? Money. Look, I always say this. You never know what's going on behind the front door of someone's house once it closes. I don't know if Colin Kaepernick's a gazillionaire. I have no idea. A lot of people want him to come back to the NFL, be a backup. He not beating out uh, Derek Carr, or is he? A lot of people want him back so he can end the whole martyrdom thing. I don't know if he's a martyr or not. I have no idea. I don't know if he can play or not. And I got no problem with him giving a chance to play. None. Don't care. Didn't care about Tebow. You're running an organization. You bring in whoever the hell you want. I don't care. But I do care 
when a guy is telling us this thing is slavery, insulting millions of people and their families that went through that and still in some countries do go through it. <laughs> walked out on a multi, I guarantee you not one slave walked out on a multi-million dollar contract. I'll promise you that. You can tell me I'm wrong. And I'm sure I'm waiting. I'm waiting for all the ist. I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, John Gruden. So anybody that knows, John Gruden signed a 10-year, multi-hundred million dollar contract, right? So John Gruden, same thing, Raiders. So John Gruden, somehow, some way, was the only guy, the only guy that's whose emails got exposed, 655,000 emails. And John Gruden was the only guy whose emails got exposed. Now, they should have been exposed. They were racist. They were homophobic. They were all kinds of things. I got no problem with Gruden's emails being exposed, but that's the premise of Gruden's lawsuit. The premise of Gruden's lawsuit is, yo, you were malicious. It was a malicious and orchestrated campaign by the commissioner's office to get Gruden to resign because they read the emails. And guess what? A lot of the emails were very critical of the commissioner. So Gruden actually, yesterday, he won two pre-trial motions. Now, those of you that understand trial, a lot of things happen before it actually gets to trial. And what the NFL tried to do is say, look, we want this dismissed. This is crap. We want it dismissed. Judge says, yeah, it's not crap. Uh, We're going to move forward with this. Okay. The other thing that Goodell and the NFL wanted was arbitration. That's easier. Like, imagine this. The difference between arbitration is judge talks to you. Then he runs in a room, talks to him, goes back and forth. Everybody presents their case. Very, very private. Well, that's what the NFL wanted. The NFL does not want this public, and I'll tell you why. I talked to a couple lawyers yesterday. They didn't have a complete handle because, again, there are a number of things that happened before a trial. But what other emails are going to come out? You got 655,000 emails. And only Gruden's were nasty. Only Gruden's were sexist, homophobic, racist. Only? And that's what the NFL does not want. They do not want that. John Gruden wants that. John Gruden wants pound of flesh. John Gruden walked out of the hearing yesterday yelling, not yelling, but saying, go Raiders. John Gruden wants a pound of flesh. I don't blame him. Too often, everything gets settled. If I'm John Gruden, and I think I've been wronged, and I believe he thinks he's been wronged, and I got enough money, which you got to have, because, look, lawyers aren't $5 an hour folk here. His lawyers, I guarantee, he probably paying a grand, five grand, whatever it is, an hour. I'm going after people. Now, Gruden's never going to coach again. Gruden's never going to be on the NFL sideline again, but I think he's cool with that. I do. It's going to be interesting. That's something we're going to follow because I like it. 655,000 emails and only his were exposed. Okay. Um, This is an example 
of when you don't have rules, when you just open things up and you don't have any type of organization, which is becoming our country. You don't have any type of structure, which is becoming our country. This is our country. In sports, this is what happens. There is a mess in basketball, and I am here for it. Um, Kyrie Irving is not going to be, or at least as we sit here right now, they, the Nets, don't want to extend Kyrie Irving. Now, they're saying, well, we have questions about his injury history, really? Yeah? Can you imagine? When a guy comes into an operation, that's an NBA player, all right, and he and Kevin Durant publicly say, look, we don't need no coach, man. We don't need a coach. So they go out and hire, I got to tell you, uh, Steve Nash looked like he didn't know his backside from third base, man. Like, is this my backside? Is this third base? What, What is this? I don't know. They were a mess. So Kyrie Irving averaged 27 points a game, and the team doesn't want to extend him. He played 29 games. Now, this is the ball's still in Irving's court. He has to make a decision. Listen to this decision by a guy that played 29 games. You want to think how jacked up the NBA is with their salaries? It's awesome. Irving, after this nonsensical year that he had, where his team, his dream team, had to trade one of the guys because he couldn't get along with Harden, right? Lost in the first round of the playoffs. Was a dysfunctional match. He can only play road games. I mean, the whole thing was a train Yet, Irving gets $36.5 million by simply saying yes. Irving now must decide if he wants to pick up his $36.5 million player option, which he can decline this summer and become a free agent. That ain't slavery, boys and girls. That ain't slavery. You can say whatever you want. You can criticize me. You can say, you don't understand. They got to go to the combine where, where, where people measure them. They get asked mean questions in an interview. Yeah, $36.5 million for one year. I tell you what, you can do whatever you want to me, including an AM. I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> it's awesome. It really is awesome. I mean, the world is fantastic. The dude basically crapped on the entire franchise and gets to decide whether or not he picks up a 36, not 35, $36.5 million option. That ain't slavery. Maybe it's the NFL isn't slavery. I don't know. Here's uh, the least shocking thing in the world, okay? ESPN announced yesterday that Magic Johnson will not be returning to the set of NBA Countdown because, quote, he has to tend to other business opportunities. Really? Okay. I never forget this. Uh, CAA, the famous agency, was recruiting me. I was in L.A. to call the UCLA-Michigan game. They take me on a tour. The head of the studio, like Universal Studios, CAA's powerful, man. My wife, my friend Bart Fox, and I get in a big golf cart with the head of the whole studio. And he's taking us around. 
I've told this story before. He goes, yeah. He goes, this is a road that you see in a lot of shows. We, we, we met, but that building right there, it's not fake. It's really what it is. He goes, that's LeBron James's uh, company's workplace, studio. Not studio, but workplace. I go, no kidding. They go, yeah, LeBron James is great. LeBron James is awesome. Guy's like, man, when LeBron James bring us, brings us a project, goes, it's organized, it's done professional, it's well. I go, really? He goes, yeah, that ain't Magic Johnson, though. Magic Johnson, <laughs> he said, is the most ridiculous, unorganized. We, he comes at us, and we're like, all right, it's Magic, it's L.A., we got to deal with it, okay. All right. No, you ever read his tweets? <laughs> I am a massive Magic Johnson fan. Like in Indiana, uh, I get people mad at me all the time because I'm like, hey, don't even compare Bird to Magic. It ain't close. Magic whooped his ass every damn time he had a chance to whoop his backside. He beat him all the time, beat him in college, beat him everywhere. Uh, much better, but man, there was no chance Magic Johnson was going to fly to this, do this, be interesting. No. Look, Magic Johnson, number one, he don't need it. You know how many commercials that dude suddenly is in? Between Magic and Shaq and Barkley? Don't need to fly there, sit around all day. You kidding me? And then you got to deal with Jalen Rose, who is only about one person and one person only, Jalen Rose. I mean, Barkley, they tell me, is the greatest teammate ever. I mean, Barkley is like all about, if you really notice Barkley, he doesn't talk a whole lot. Barkley does not over talk. He doesn't. You ever notice Jalen Rose? The worst, horrendous, awful, ridiculous. The work, they can't get that show right. Dave Roberts the other day said, well, our new crew has done a wonderful job. Show's unwatchable. Magic wasn't going to add to it. Magic doesn't know a damn thing about, and he shouldn't. Hey, I'll give you, Wilbon does, Rose does, but Rose's such a bad teammate. You, I mean, he's a nice guy, but on the set, watch him. Just watch him. He's about Rose. Watch Barkley. Barkley, as the great Steve Lavin says, Barkley will share the sugar. You got to share the sugar. That's why Sage Steele used to stop me all the time and say, man, I wish you could be on our NBA countdown set. That's why every single, everyone, every producer at ESPN will tell you the favorite person they had for halftimes, pregame, postgame, was me. Because I didn't have an ego about it. I'll, I'll be the funny guy. You can make fun of me and do whatever. Ain't nobody on that set. And Magic wasn't added to that, and Magic didn't need it. It's that simple. Uh, Celtics and Heat last night was awful. I took the Heat. That's just dumb. All of a sudden, some dude named Martin is jacking up threes. Here's what you got to have. Now, to play in the NBA or in college basketball, you got to have some type of organization. And when you break through that, it's like there's a, like a, I don't know, over your team. There's a Reynolds wrap or, you know, Saran wrap or whatever. And when you break outside that, things go bad. And here's what I mean by that. The only guys that should be shooting a lot of threes are Struss, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jerry Butler do whatever he want. He's the star. 
Uh, look at there. 30 for 90. Couldn't make a shot. The other team was 33-71. When you look at these stats, you go, eh. The bottom line is this. Both teams stunk. Now, we got the 15th, one of the 15 best coaches in the history of the NBA, Eric Spolster, who really hasn't beaten anybody when they've been healthy other than when he had LeBron. But, hey, look, he's won a couple. The coaching uh, thing is a little bit slow, so let's go. But last night was horrendous. It really was. It was awful. And at the third quarter, all of a sudden, the Celtics said, all right, you guys are terrible. You guys, uh, we've had enough of you. Uh, Enough. So they started going. The Heat started shacking up shots. Every time I turned on the TV, some dude named Martin, I know he played at Nevada. I know he's got his brother, I think, twin brother. I don't know. But my God, stop shooting. Hey, Duncan Robinson, you do the shooting. Jimmy Butler, you get the ball. Who's this guy shooting all the time? And I mean, when he was missing, whoo, was he missing. I mean, he was missing left and right and off and in and out. Uh, It was unwatchable. It was. So uh, my wife and I turned on some show on Netflix about some contestant. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it's some contestant that, so weird, studied, listen to this, studied the Price is Right, knew every answer, knew every answer on the Price is Right. I got bored after about 20 minutes because the dude was a clown, so I just went up to bed. I I did. I just, uh, I went up to bed. So, hey, you're paying Duncan Robinson $90 million. You're paying Duncan Robinson to make shots in games like that. Now, you can go with Max Struss all you want. But Duncan Robinson, I know this guy uh, Spolster is the greatest coach in the history of the world when you talk to uh, Heat fans. I know he is. I, I know. He is the best there ever was, according to Heat fans. My ass. That's all I got to say. Uh, but anyway, you got to have the right guy shooting. All right, I'm going to give this to you. I'm, I'm going to go through this for you. I got about one or two minutes here. Let me go through this for you, if you don't mind, real quick. I know this game was so bad, nobody really cares. But here's the deal, all right? Butler won for five, fine. Lowry, who at one point was the sixth leading salary guy in the NBA, 0 for 5. Max Struss, 0 for 7. But they're starting, this is a record. This is a record. Struss, Lowry, starting backcourt. You ready for it? 0 for 15 for the game. 0 for 12 from three. Let's throw in Gabe Vincent, another guy that this genius is playing ahead of Duncan Robinson. He's one for seven. So I don't know about math, but that's one for 19. Now, P.J. Tucker's a three-point shooter. He made one for five. So that's two for 24. That ain't great. Oh, man, my man Martin, we got to add him in there. He was one for three. He actually had good stats. My man Martin was one for three. So what's that? Three for 27? That's one of every nine. Duncan hit at least three. When Robinson was in, they were plus three. The level of stupid was sometimes with coaches is just stunning to me. But anyway, hey, he's top 15 coach of all time. I got a lot to talk to folks about. We got a lot of people watching on YouTube, a lot of people watching on Twitter. We got a big day for you. My friend Jason Hammer, at Jason Allen Hammer, he is going to join us, talk about the school shooting. Uh, also, we're gonna, he is going to give you 
Indy 500 picks. He lives in Indianapolis. He studies it. He knows it. I got the damn awards coming up. The dumbest NBA and NFL coach actually resides in my city. The smartest NFL coach resides in the AFC as well. The best thing you're going to see on Netflix was not that guy talking about The Price is Right, but there was a great show that my wife and I watched. It gets a damn award. We had a politician go insane. I mean insane yesterday. It's a glorious world, and you got to stick around. The Babylon Bee put out a list of things that, you know, the Babylon Bee is a uh, satirical, a parody site. It parodies things that are going to happen. They put out a Google Doc of all of the things that they put out as not happening, as fake. You'd be amazed, or maybe you wouldn't, at how many came true. We're going to get into that, too. I got a monster for you. It's only 9.30, baby. Grab a cup of coffee. No, this is not whiskey. This is iced tea that's caffeine-free and sugar-free. That's right. Stay here. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Um, Right now, because this was a quick break, I am sending out on Twitter... My stepson, Jay Shaw, I'm telling you, he is a fantastic musician. I don't even like his genre, which is kind of R&B rap. I'm not big on it, but he's damn good. I actually play it in my car. Oh. Hammer Time joins us at Jason Allen Hammer on WIBC, the best show in the history of radio. I don't care whether it's in Indy. I don't care whether it's in L.A. or New York. You hear him, you know him, you love him. Ratings spike when he comes on. Uh, hey, hammer time. First, welcome. Second, all right, school shootings. I'm ha- I'm writing an article about what you wanted to talk about when I talked to you last night, which is, look, we can get angry. We get angry here. We get angry there. We blame here. We blame here. And not a damn thing gets done. So let's identify and have an adult conversation about what's happening. Hammer, your thoughts. All right. I'm 100% in on this. And if you're going to have an adult conversation, I think you have to put the facts out on the table here. Sometimes the facts can be uncomfortable. Sometimes the facts cannot be the most popular thing. But to me, these are the two biggest facts of what we're seeing right now in America. Number one, guns are not going to be banned. It's not constitutional. People can talk about banning this, banning that, banning a specific type. If you're being real, if you're being realistic, that's not going to happen. And number two, this is going to happen again. Doesn't matter what you do, if you want to pass this, if you want to pass that, if you want to do other things, you can't stop a crazy, motivated SOB. That is an uncomfortable truth. That is a fact. The sooner this country accepts both of those things, whether you like it or not, depending on which side you're on, there's not going to be a weapons ban. And this is going to happen again. Now we can kind of get into the weeds of, all right, knowing both of those things, what can we do to limit the damage? What can we do as a society to get together to make sure that we're following up on warning signs? And honestly, Coach, to me, this is the biggest part of the conversation. How many shootings do we have to go through where we hear all of these warning signs leading up to it. The Parkland shooter, he went out and just told you he wanted to be a famous school shooter. 
You've got the shooting that took place in Texas the other night, the horrific shooting in the school. This was a guy that all the warning signs were there. The New York Post had a phenomenal story about the events leading up to this, where he's fighting with his mother. His mother is some, a drug user that's not really a part of his life. His grandmother is fighting with his mother. He was allegedly cutting himself with a knife in a, on his face, going to parks, punching people, uh, changing his appearance dramatically, kind of being antisocial, sending really inappropriate sexual text messages to co-workers. Like, all of the signs are there. Same with Parkland, same with Buffalo. All the signs are there. So what can we do as a nation? And I'm not going to sit here and act like I have all the answers, because I don't. But I think an important question is, what can we do when we see all the signs that are there? Because it seems like everybody is quick to say, well, all the signs were there. But what did you do about it? See, I am totally in on this. Like, my thing is this. Tell me what you think. My thing is we have done a couple of things in this country. Regard, look, if there's a law that would stop this, then pass it, okay? I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm for, I don't give a damn, Democrat, Republican. If you think there's a law that would hinder this, or pa- then pass it. All right. Hammer, I've said this, man. I, I, I've said that the nuclear family is so disrespected now. Fathers are nowhere to be seen now. Parents are so wrapped up in whatever it is. I, I write, I'm, there's an article that I wrote coming out where I talk about this. Like, we've got to start paying attention. I, this goes back to when I was a kid, Hammer. We had the, quote, crazy neighbor who walked around our neighborhood with no shoes on, 100 degree, whatever it was, hot, guitar, big fat guy, no shirt. Everybody just thought isn't he was a crazy neighbor. You know what he ended up doing? He ended up stabbing a little girl behind my house, literally behind my house, 33 times with a screwdriver. I delivered paper to the girl, and I delivered paper to, to the guy's house. We got to start paying attention to our own kids, Hammer. Should parents be charged like they were in Michigan? I think that's a really interesting question. And if you can prove, if the justice system is doing its part, and you can prove that there was negligent by the parents, then absolutely. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Michigan school shooter, the kid that goes in and shoots the school. He basically had the administration meet with his parents and the parents basically just brushed off the administration of, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. We bought him this weapon. Uh, He wanted it for Christmas. And even though he's got some very dark cartoons and very dark drawings, um, everything's going to be fine here. Oh, he said some crazy things. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. The attorney general in Michigan charged that kid's mother and father with involuntary manslaughter. Now, I'm not sure what the latest is on that, but that was the original charge as of December was involuntary manslaughter on the parents because they did not do anything to stop this kid. The weapon that he brought to school was the one that they bought for him for Christmas. So again, maybe it is charging parents, but in this case with Texas, you know, this shooter, and I don't even want to say his name because I don't like to say their names, um, comes from just a horrific background, drug using mother, 
grandmother that you know we don't really know much about he shoots and kills her what do you do and do you just charge the guardian what about the deadbeat dad that ran out years ago i mean there's so many layers to this and i want to go back to something you said earlier because i think it's important if there is a law passing and i know my twitter feed is probably going to get embedded with people talking about what steve kerr mentioned the other night uh hr8 universal background check the reason that that has not passed okay it's not because of the headline the headline is universal background check well i think you're right steve kerr's right most people support background checks but once you get past the headline once you get into the nuts and bolts of what this bill is if you actually read the bill it's very flawed and it's not just Mitch McConnell and the Republicans that have a problem with this there are some democrats that have a problem with this and here's an example of why this bill is flawed it would make it a felony for somebody looking after a friend or a friend's family member and here's an example that i'm going to use because this is true this is something that i've actually talked about a friend of mine lives about an hour north of indianapolis lives in a little city called Kokomo. His daughter is going to go to college in my city. And I told him, listen, Indianapolis is pretty violent right now. If you're ever concerned about the safety of your daughter, let me know. I will go over there and I will take care of her. Per this bill, HR8, that Steve Kerr is singing the praises about, if she is fearing for her life as a 19 or 20-year-old girl living alone in a strange city, I am not allowed to go over there with my firearm and give it to her to protect herself. If I give her a firearm and it's because somebody's been breaking into her neighborhood or somebody breaks into her house and tries to murder her, tries to rape her, tries to assault her, if she takes that firearm, the minute she takes it, I'm in violation of the law. Even though I'm just looking after a friend's daughter who is living alone by herself. These are the things that are not in the headlines. These are the things that are in the bill that are problematic for a lot of people. So that's why universal background checks, this HR8 bill has not passed. It's not because of the headline, it's all the garbage that's put in the bill other than that. So I just wanna make sure that everybody's clear on that. Well, that, that's actually what I wrote about last night. I think the article I wrote is gonna be out this weekend, but I actually wrote that. Whatever pork or whatever crap is in the bill, get it out. Just get it out. I, you know, don't even argue. If you're that, you know, if, if background checks, everybody supports, fine. Make the bill to be background checks. You know, I think that's the frustrating thing for American people both ways. I think a lot of times we see a headline and we say, well, that makes sense. But there's so much garbage in it that someone's trying to put in there that you go, now, come on. Now, just pass the damn thing that you say people want, which are I think most I, I do think this. I think Steve Kerr, I got no problem with anybody speaking out on this because people are frustrated. I think Steve Kerr is right, though, and I think you're right. I think that most people would say, hell yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I got a job. My son just got a job at Illinois State. They did a background check. That background check took about a month to six weeks. Then it came back. They, they, he knew, he found out, they dug in, they talked, they found. I don't think anybody has a problem with that. You know, I, I don't. Maybe, you know, some do because nothing's 100%. But Hammer, I think all the crap that politicians try to throw in bills, uh, I think that's where the general public doesn't know. You know what I mean? And, right. and, and we can't understand because it's logical to put a background check in. 
and, and let's not get it twisted too. When you go to buy a firearm now, a background check is done. Okay, you're going to see a lot yeah. of people who have no idea what they're talking about rushing to social media, talking about states that have permitless carry, or as we call it here in Indiana, constitutional carry, where you don't have to have a permit to get your firearm. Let me tell you about this. Nothing changes, Coach. Nothing changes with this law other than the fact that you don't have to have a piece of paper that says, I own that weapon over there anymore. You still have to go to the store and get a background check. You still can't have a felony to purchase a firearm. Yet we had a writer in the Indy Star yesterday. My name have even been a writer. I think it was a photographer that tweeted out, well, 37 more days until Indiana has permitless carry. Just gaslighting the public. And you can tell this guy doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. Nothing changes with that. You still have to get a check. You still can't have a felony. The only thing that's different is you don't have to have a piece of paper that says you own what you have. So let's make sure everybody understands that first and foremost. And as for universal background checks, there's a few extra steps in there. There's a lot of other things that states have done um, that make the process more difficult for law-abiding citizens. Take Colorado, for example. Colorado, they passed universal background checks a number of years ago. Do you know what happened in the following years after passing universal background checks? The crime went up every single year in Colorado. The state of Washington, they did the same thing. The crime went up. The only thing that all of these heavily loaded, pork-filled bills do is make it more difficult for law-abiding citizens to try to fight back against lunatics that are on the street. Well, let me ask you, I mean, is one related to the other? Is what happened in Colorado in the state of Washington, is that related? Not, not, to, not to each other, to the background check issue. I mean, the shooter in Texas legally purchased those firearms. He turned 18, he went to the store, purchased his rifles. Now, if you want to debate whether or not you should be a certain age to purchase an AR-15 or something, Okay, that's a debate that can be had. Some people won't like it, but that's a debate that could be had. But he had nothing on his record. And this kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning here. There was nothing on his record that would indicate that he should not own a firearm. But anybody that knew this guy that was cutting his face with a knife, that was punching people in the park, that was sending very lewd text messages to coworkers at the Wendy's where he worked at, knew that this guy wasn't all there. So how do we get from A to B? How do we get from, yeah, this guy is a lunatic and doesn't deserve a firearm, but at the same time doesn't have a criminal record? What's the middle ground there? And this is where your lawyers are going to have to come in. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm a guy with common sense that talks on the radio. Coach, I think you're the same way here. We have to figure out how we can prevent the warning signs from taking the next step. What does that mean without violating the Constitution? You know, one of the things that way back Obama talked about statistically was fathers. You know, it, it's interesting. Obama was hailed as being, you know, brave and speaking out on the, the importance of fathers. Tony Dungy did it about six weeks ago. He talked about it at, at an event. I think it was something in Florida that involved guns and shooting. And he talked about the importance of fathers. He gave statistics. 
he was crushed on social media. I've talked about the importance of fathers, and I'm being literal here, for about 15 years on my radio show. I've talked about it because when I worked at ESPN, I would hear all these, man, these stories of these courageous single mothers, and I would always ask, where the hell was your dad? Ah, he wasn't around. So many times the father not being in the home, like I don't even have to ask. Like, and, and I'm sure there are some, you know, I, I'm not saying everything's 100%, but I don't even have to ask what, whether or not a shooter's dad was around. You know what I'm saying, Hammer? I mean, the importance of fathers cannot be overstated, in my opinion. You're right. And it goes back to the nuclear family discussion. There are some people, right. blue check marks on Twitter, that can't stand the concept of a nuclear family because either they didn't have one growing up or it goes against their political narrative. And some of these folks, I'm sorry, they're lunatics. Uh, scrolling through Twitter yesterday, the day before, was an absolute cesspool. And again, I'm not gonna say this person's name. There was a blue check mark on Twitter that made it a point to go through and find out who the victims were of this Texas shooting, found one of the fathers of a victim and it was a father that supported gun rights, 2A. It was a father that uh, had supported Kyle Rittenhouse and his trial. This blue check mark on Twitter made it a point to troll and bash a grieving father whose daughter was just murdered. This is what I'm talking about. This is what you're dealing with on social media right now. And social media will tell you, you don't need a father. The nuclear family is a thing of the past. Listen, I'm very fortunate. I grew up in a house where my mom and dad uh, were around. Uh, they're still married together. I'm married to my wife for 18 years. We know that we're probably not normal now, uh, but facts are facts. If you look at the numbers and you look at the people that get arrested for various crimes, whether it's armed robbery, whether it's murder, whether it's whatever, violent crimes here, felonies, the majority of them do not come from a house where either the dad is around or maybe it's just a mom who's a drug addict and doesn't give a damn anyway. Family is a big part of this, and we've gotten away from that. Yeah, I mean, there is no doubt that strong male role models play a big part in success of kids. It, it, I don't care what anybody says. I don't give a damn who comes at you and me. I, I don't care. If you don't believe it, you can look it up for yourself, the numbers. In fact, you go to Tony Dungy's Twitter feed, and he, he put them out, I don't know, six, six, six seven weeks ago. Uh, I will not stop. I don't give a – again, I don't care who comes at me with that. It's not – you know, every, every human being – that has a thinking brain, understands the value of a strong male role model. And I say strong right. male role model as we are, you know, we're in a country now that's trying to uh, make men more effeminate. That's not the real world. That's the, that's, the, that's the fantasy world of Hollywood and Twitter and all that crap. Walk down your own damn street wherever the hell you live and, hey, dudes are dudes, man. But we're trying right. so hard to make men more effeminate and it's garbage. It's total garbage. Social media is not real life. You say this, I say this, I'll say it for the people in the back. Social media is not real life. So in the short time that we've been on here, we've talked about how families uh, being broken is a big part of the problem. We've talked about how... Um, this will happen again. How can we stop shooters with warning signs? We've got the money. And this is the one thing that we need to point out. 
The United States is passing out money like it's Tic Tacs right now. $40 billion to Ukraine over here. Another couple billion dollars to Ukraine over here. This Build Back Better bill loaded with pork. Billions and billions of dollars full of bullcrap just for high-ranking Democrat donors. We don't have the money, but we're printing the money. This is why the inflation is a problem. So if it is that way, it is what it is. We've got the money. If you've got $40 billion to give to Ukraine, what can you do to the inner cities with $40 billion that would help with the father problem? What can you do with $40 billion to help some of these folks with warning signs with mental health? I mean, is that part of the problem here? Money clearly isn't a problem anymore in the United States. I mean, it is, but it isn't. So if we're passing out money, how about we invest a little bit to what's going on in this country? Um, $40 billion, man, could go a long way with community centers in the inner city, mentor programs in the inner city, uh, mental health, things like that. If you want to take $40 billion and try to figure out some sort of way to engage possible you know, threats. I don't know what that is or how that even works, but money talks and BS walks. If we've got the money, let's figure out a way to make this country better. I was listening to you and uh, Nigel yesterday, Hammer and Nigel, 93.1 WIBC. You can listen to them. You can stream them three to seven. I was listening to you and, and I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I heard this part of it. You're like, look, we elect people to have these conversations. We elect people to figure this out. You know, we, we say, okay, we're electing you to go to Washington, live your life, do your thing, to have conversations that are important. We're not electing you to appease those that helped you get elected financially. I heard you guys say that, and I thought to myself, damn, is that true, right? Man, I mean, right. folks have to, folks in Washington... Stop with the BS. Stop with the pork, all the crap. Stop with spending money elsewhere, and let's figure us out. At least at least have a – like Beto O'Rourke goes nuts. Or I, Bobby O'Rourke, Beto my ass. He didn't become Beto until he was running. He's a phony. But anyway, Robert that dude O'Rourke loses his, his – real name. Yeah, right. And now he's Beto because he's trying to appease. But that dude loses his mind yesterday. He starts yelling and screaming – Hey, that doesn't do a damn thing for anybody, but make him look like a dumbass, I think. 100%. And again, the conversations that people like us and people watching your show right now are having are the conversations that need to be had in Washington, okay? But instead, we're getting uh, Green New Deal crap. We're getting all this ridiculous stuff. Like, I've got a family to raise. I've got a show to do. You've got a family. You've got a show to do. Like, we've talked more in the first 20 minutes of our conversation today, I bet more than the people who we pay with taxpayer money to represent us in Washington will have all day long. This is their job. They work for us. We pay for them. This is all they should be focusing on right now. But instead, it's going to be donor dinners. It's going to be grandstanding speeches. Chuck Schumer knows that there's not going to be any sort of ban on guns. He basically came out yesterday and said, no, there's not a vote scheduled anytime soon. But if it is, you know exactly what's going to go on. The amount of theatrics that take place in Washington will make you sick if you follow it closely enough. The amount of things that they do that they already know the result of, 
just to get people on the record to use against in campaign commercials. That is the majority of their day spent representing you and I. That's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. You know, it's like, how do you live with yourself when you know you can do something? I'm not just necessarily talking about, you know, the mass murder situation. I'm talking about across the board. How do you live with yourself? I live by the mirror and I wouldn't be able to look at myself if I sat there and didn't do a damn thing about nothing and just tried to posture. A great conversation, by the way. You got any picks for us in the Indy 500? What do you, who are you liking, big boy? Here's what I love about the Indy 500. You can bet a couple different dudes, and as long as one of them wins, your toes are tapping. It's like betting golf. The odds are so long, even for like the favorites. You can pick two or three, and if just one of them wins, you're making a hell of a profit here. So I'm going to break it down into two groups here, and I'm going to give you my overall pick. Uh, the first group are your favorites. Scott Dixon, plus 600. That's your pole sitter. Plus 600 is pretty damn solid for the best guy in the field. All right? That's your pole sitter. My pick, honestly, is Alex Pelot. He is starting second, plus 700. Um, but here's where your value comes in. Look at Tony Kanan, starting in row number two. Chip Ganassi team, amazing team, the fastest cars all month. A guy that has won this race before, plus 2,000. So a $25 bet on Tony Kanan pays out 525 if he can get his old ass across those yard of bricks faster than anybody else. <laughs> I like that. And if you're looking for a Hail Mary here, how about Elio Castroneves? He's back in row nine. Hasn't been a great month. But the dude has won this race four times. Plus 2800 2800 So your $25 bet would pay out 725 So pair maybe... Dixon with Kanan or Pelot with Castroneves. Get that lottery ticket, make a smart bet, and if either one of them win, you're going to Sizzler, baby. I'm going to Sizzler. You know, I like a couple on here. <clears throat> I'm going to give my, my official pick later, but I ain't mad at plus 1800 on Ed Carpenter. I talked to Ed the other day. He thinks he's got a pretty nice team. Pelot, I like. I talked to him yesterday on my show. You know how you're, you're talking to somebody, and he's Spanish, and he's from Spain, and his English is fantastic for a guy that isn't from here, but there was something about what Polo, and not what he said, but how he said it that I'm like, I think this dude's going to win. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, I, I think he's oh, yeah. going to win. So I'm going with Polo. Dixon's fast. Ganassi's teams are off the charts. Ed Carpenter, I, I, I'll tell you a guy who had a chance last year, and, and it didn't go well for him. And again, I'm, I'm dropping names here like I'm a big shot. But they all come on our show because IndyCar drivers are fantastic dudes. They all want to come on. But I'm not mad. Where the hell is he here? I'm going through this. I don't see my man. Uh, oh, there he is. Graham Rahal at plus 3,000. Yeah. Graham almost not as fast as the others. Freak accident happens. Tyler comes off his car. Or Graham wins that thing last year. And if you're looking for a name, Jimmy Johnson is plus 1,500. Now, Ooh. on road course races, that dude's a non-factor. But this is the two-and-a-half-mile oval. He's been fast all month. Yes, sir. He had one oval race earlier in the year, and he was running at the front. Don't sleep on Jimmy Johnson at plus 1,500 either. I agree, and that'd be a great story. 
A lot of great stories. I mean, Scott Dixon be a great story. Obviously, Elio be a great story. But Scott, uh, Jimmy Johnson would be a great story. Hey, Hammer Time, you're the best, my man. I appreciate you coming on. You're a great story, damn it. You are a great story. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm a great story. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Great story. That's my friend. Go to Jason Allen Hammer on Twitter. Go to 93.1 WIBC. I don't know how he's not on all these national shows. I mean, my man, Hammer and Nigel, their, their show is fantastic. It's really good. And he's fantastic. You can tell he's got great energy and he does it every day. That's why I like having him on. We will have non-energy, we will not have non-energetic people on our show. All right, we come back. I got something. Look. We're all looking here in Indiana. I'm looking outside. It's raining. You're all looking for something to do when it's raining. I got the damn awards and included in the damn awards, a great, great show on Netflix that you're going to want to see. I think it just came out. The dumbest NFL coach, the smartest NFL coach, the kiss of death award and the insane act of the week. And you got to stick for the Babylon B. This is awesome. We'll be right back. We got a great hour to end the week coming up. It's the only area in our society. Look, if I had a nickel for every time a woman stopped on the street and said, my, you're handsome, I would not have a nickel. He eats his own kidney stones. Go f*** yourself. Police can't do their job. It's freaking greed. And Al Duncan and the rest of you effing hypocrites can kiss my Look, you can get mad at me all you want. I don't care. But the truth of the matter is what I'm saying is absolute fact. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the damn awards. That's right. Don't at me. The damn awards. I wear the shades in break because I got a light right here, a light right here, and I got a headache. Anyway, and ladies and gentlemen, I got a headache because I haven't been eating much. All right, don't at me awards for the week. Um, We're going to start having this show on Fridays towards the middle, I guess, of August. So we'll be five days a week come August, but we're four days a week right now. If you miss it, just go to Twitter, baby, and I'll be tweeting it out the entire time. All right, let's go through a couple things. The best new comedy award. I could have made this the best new show on Netflix. Ricky Gervais. Supernatural. I love Ricky Gervais. I do. I think he's got a great, what's the right word? Accent. And he is not afraid. Now, the thing about Ricky Gervais, if you remember, I became a fan of Ricky Gervais when he hosted the Oscars. And I got to tell you, he ripped everybody in the building. Do you remember that? I mean, my man went absolutely nuclear Warhead on Hollywood. Well, you and I both know uh, he hasn't really been invited to the Oscars again. But that man right there. Now, I was asking my wife when we were watching it last night. I think he looks older than me. He's a few months older than me. But damn, I, uh, I, I think, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I thought it was great. But I understand humor. Look, he has been ripped. He has been absolutely destroyed. Ricky Gervais, Netflix special, draws criticism for graphic jokes mocking trans people. F Ricky Gervais, 
Nish Kumar clip resurfaces. Anti-woke trainer chant, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I got to tell you. Here's what I like. We like, I had a friend, I have a friend that called in my radio show one time as I was a little embarrassed because I like the song Brandy. I like the song Brandy because my little league coach wrote it. He wrote it. He sold it to Nick blah, Looking Glass for $1,500. I've told the story many times. Steve Hobner, rest his soul. So anyway, long story short, uh, you like what you like. I like dark humor. I like disturbing humor. I like a dirty humor. Like I went to see Bill Cosby and Jerry Seinfeld. I didn't think they were funny. I went to go see Sam Kinison and laughed my backside off. I like dirty, offensive humor. I'm sorry, but I do. Y'all can get offended. The trans community, the bald community, the ugly community can get offended. I don't care. I like it. I like it a lot. I do. I'm sorry. It's what I, you like what you like. Back in my day, and I know a lot of you guys are my age that are watching this, how funny was Eddie Murphy raw? Oh my God, he's so disgusting. He says, I don't care. It's a joke. It's a comedy show. I like it. So Ricky Gervais, anti-woke, transgender. Hey, I don't know what the hell he was. I just know this. I laughed. I've had a, People have had a roast of me. I didn't get all offended. I don't care. And if you watch the show, It isn't all this crap. Does Netflix even care that Ricky Gervais's Supernatural is white rife with transphobic, T-E-R-F, I don't know what that is, ideology? Hey, let me tell you something. Let me me explain something to you. Do you want to be equal or do do you want to be equal but special? Which do you want? Like, in the world we live in, at least the world that I live in, acceptance comes from humor. Acceptance comes from ripping you. Acceptance comes, uh, the hug that Ricky Gervais talks about, is in you know someone, you treat everyone the same, so you make fun of them, and then you have a cup of coffee or a beer with them. That's the world that I like living in. So if you are a, I don't know, If you want to be treated equally, if you want to be respected, guess what? Joking is a way of all of that, period. I get it. We want to be treated equal. Well, hey, equal means you're going to get teased. Equal means you're going to be fired. Equal means you're going to be made fun of. Equal means some unjust things are going to happen to you. That's what equal is. Ricky Gervais, Netflix special, draws criticism for graphic jokes mocking trans people. Ricky Gervais makes a joke about a fart at a little baby's funeral. What are you going to do? There is not a broomstick stuck up my backside that makes me think when I go see a comedian that anything is offensive. I'm sorry. Like, look, you can rip me all you want because you disagree. But when I go see a comedian, you know what I want to do? I want to laugh. And in my sick, twisted brain up here, nothing is off limits. Including if I'm sitting too close. I never try to sit too close because I'm like, oh, man, I'm just here to have a good time. I don't need to get my ass ripped. But I ain't mad at it. 
and you can crush me all you'd like for it. I do not care. I don't care. I thought it was funny. It was a fun however long it was. It flew by. Well, he made fun of us. That's a sign of acceptance. Uh, let's play it. Let's go. Charles Francis Reggie O'Rourke, or whatever the hell his real name is. It's like Jim Laranega, the head coach of Miami. He never had that little schwa until he went down to Miami, and I think he claimed he was Cuban or something. So Beto changed his name from Robert Francis to Beto. Good for Beto. Can we play Beto going nuts? Do we have that video? That's Beto. Grandstanding. Go get him, Beto. I mean, even the damn mayor of the town where the shooting occurred said, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Like, this is what Hammer and I were just talking about. The posturing. The posturing of politicians, the posturing of wannabe politicians, the posturing is just disgusting. Why don't you just have a simple adult conversation? And can you let people grieve? Again, I'm writing an, I wrote the article. I didn't proofread it great. It's going to come out Saturday. So it gets a little more traction, but you know what? Um, Robert Francis O'Rourke posturing and others posturing is exactly what we do. We blame, we blame, we blame, we come together and blame, and not a damn thing gets done. Nothing. Politicians talk, they posture, our celebrities run, LeBron James, this has to stop. Everybody goes, oh, how great James is, and not a damn thing happens. I'm seriously contemplating running for public office because I live by one thing, the mirror. The mirror. I get criticized all the time. I get ripped all the time. But if I can look in the mirror and know that I did the right thing, and sometimes I didn't do the right thing, and sometimes I try to do my best to make amends for doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. I mean, I I would like to be perfect. I think I'm perfect, but I know I'm not perfect. But I would live by the mirror. If I were sitting there and I was Beto or any of these other folks, or I was the folks that Steve Kerr is, you know, he wants the Republicans. If I was a Republican, and I was in the Senate, and I had a bill in front of me that I knew could hinder or stop these mass shootings, not only the school shootings, but Buffalo, I would sign that bad boy so fast for one reason and one reason only, the mirror. But if I drew up that bill, and I wanted to get that bill passed, and that bill with background checks I know could hinder, slow down, or stop mass shootings, and I wrote that bill... I couldn't look in myself if I tried to slide a bunch of other crap into that bill. If I tried to get cheeky with it, if I tried to get a little bit weird with it, if I think, and I wrote the bill, and I'm supposed to, excuse me, 
address background checks, address this situation, these situations. I could not look at myself in the mirror if I intentionally put other crap in there to slide it through. It both ways. My God. <clears throat> and then you got idiots that are grandstanding. You know the dude's grandstanding. The guy's name was Robert Francis O'Rourke, Bobby O'Rourke, Robert O'Rourke. And then all of a sudden he changes it to beta. Where I come from, you just go, that dude's a fraud. And I'm not surprised that he makes a grandstanding move to a sheriff and to the governor of New York. You want to do that? Fine. But how about you give it a couple days? Well, the time for action is now. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not from you. Uh, let's switch over. Let's get to sports here. Now, he looks like he's a real ballsy guy. Frauds are frauds, man. Frauds are frauds. They just are. You see it all the time. You see it in our media. You see it all the time. Frauds are frauds. But nobody's more fraudulent than politicians. All right. Smartest NFL coach award. John Harbaugh. I'll say this no matter what, but John Harbaugh the other day, said this. He, they was asked about Lamar Jackson. He was asked about Lamar Jackson and his new contract. And you know what John Harbaugh said? And this makes total sense. Usually the smartest things are the most sensible things, right? This makes total sense. He said, hey, look, I'm not going to speak for Lamar. I'm not going to speak for Lamar. I won't speak for Lamar. Uh, I'm going to let Lamar speak for himself. Now, let me tell you why that's so smart. Seems logical. Seems common sense. You got a grown man, a guy that's been the MVP, right? How about we let him speak for ourselves? Well, let me tell you why that's really smart. Because no matter what John Harbaugh says, it is going to be parched. It is going to be parched and it is going to be put out there somehow, some way by some little blogger boy or some little writer guy looking for clicks, looking for someone to go to his site. Something's going to put out, be put out there that he has to answer for. I already saw it. People were criticizing John Harbaugh for saying, hey, look, Lamar's a grown man. He's going through this. I'm going to let him speak for himself. He's being criticized for that because I'm sure the Ravens have like 50 million different little weasels that are trying to get you to watch ravensidiot.com or something. And next thing you know, they're going to criticize no matter what he says. But John Harbaugh will get the respect of the people that matter in his building and his players. The other people don't matter. Hey, man, I'm treating you like a grown man. You got a contract. It's money. It's family. I'm going to let you handle that. I'm going to let you handle that as you should. You can speak however you want to speak, Lamar. That is so smart. Most coaches don't have the brains to do that. Most coaches think that they're being down with the players if they speak for the player. Player doesn't need that. Mark Jackson's got an agent, man. He got a PRT. He don't need to coach. He needs to coach coaching. He needs a coach. And by saying, I'm going to let Lamar speak for himself, puts John Harbaugh, if Lamar Jackson is smart, and I think he is, puts him clearly on Lamar Jackson's side. It's pretty good. It's awesome. Smart. The converse to that is our guy. Our guy in Indianapolis, Frank Wright. Now, you got to understand Frank Wright. You got to understand my boys here uh, in Indianapolis. My boys here in Indianapolis... They talk. The GM talks. The coach talks. They're going to go get Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, perfect fit. Great fit. He's great. 
I've known Carson. We share Bible verses, this guy and Carson Wentz. Yeah, they do. That was supposed to matter to us. But you know what happens, as I've said earlier, with all frauds, it always comes out the same. Carson Wentz doesn't do the job. The owner's mad. Carson Wentz leaves. So right, Chris Ballard and Jimmy Ursay take turns going at Carson Wentz publicly. These guys, the Colts talk and talk and talk. Everything's the great. And they got the media. They kiss the media's ass. So every draft choice the Indy Star says is great. The guy with ESPN says is great. The Atlantic or whatever the hell that dying newspaper thing is says they're great. Right? I mean, they're great. Every little blogger boy says they're great. So what, because these dumbasses, not dumbasses, I like Ballard. I don't know Reich, but I, I like them both actually. But they just, they're not dumbasses. They just talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's all about relationships. The Colts used to be about winning. Jimmy Irsay didn't give a damn about anything else. Now, because Ryan Grigson's gone and he was the big meanie, we got the great overcorrection. We bring in a PR team that's big as this house. We bring in everything, and we're going to have bots. with They got all kind of different Twitter accounts in the Colts. Well, Dan, that's great. You're setting this up. But what Frank Reich do? Frank Reich did what every moron does. Frank Reich did what every guy that is just talking does. He went out and talked about how Matt Ryan is insanely accurate and he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Honest to God, he reminds me of Peyton Manning. There is nothing about Matt Ryan other than they're tall and white and got big foreheads. Yeah, so maybe there is something familiar. Maybe that's what he's talking about. In our previous life, we had Chuck Pagano, who, and I'm being a little bit bad here, but the only reason Chuck Pagano stayed on as head coach is because we had a campaign here. Chuck Strong, Chuck stayed. He was a, you know, uh, couldn't coach blind turkeys to take a dump, but he was a... Okay. When the Colts drafted Malik Hooker, do you know who Malik Hooker is? Well, when the Colts drafted Malik Hooker, what Chuck Strong say? Malik, you remind me of Ed Reed, who, of course, I coach with the Baltimore Ravens. And to Chris Ballard's credit, he looked at Pagano and said, no, 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 no. And Malik Hooker hasn't turned a tap in the league. So here we go again. This is the Colts way. The Colts way is always this. It is always. We're going to talk. Hey, man. Hey, man. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. He, he reminds me of Peyton Manning. All right. So then what do the local idiots here do? The local idiots say, well, yeah, he reminds them of Peyton Manning. And then the other local idiots in the Atlantic or Athletic or whatever the hell it's called in the Indy Star, these guys are all like 22 years old because the star only pays one guy, and rightfully so, Greg Doyle. They should pay Doyle. Everybody else is useless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. He's 37 years old. He can't move. Yeah, he might be accurate. He better be accurate. I mean, you're paying him a blank ton of money over two years after paying another $80 million to quarterbacks that couldn't play dead. But that's my guy. That's my guy, Frank Wright. Now Matt Ryan is Peyton Manning. There you go. Go fight, win. Yay, Ra. That's all I do with the Colts until they win something. Yay, go fight, win. 
Yay, Chris Ballard's talking again. Yay, the media is saying how great the Colts are again. Yay, Frank Reich is, if you watch Hard Knocks, we're climbing a mountain. Okay. (sighs) Dumb. Dumb. You know what? One thing I've always said is you win, I'll listen to you. I used to be other way. I used to be like, hey, man, do things right. You know, not now. Not anymore. Win, I'll listen to you. Get your ass beat last two games, including at Jacksonville. I got nothing. Here's the Colts, right? I mean, the Colts media just lip laps this stuff up, and I love it. Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, who literally knows, well, he knows football like I have hair. Um, New coach Matt Ryan continues to impress on the field and behind the scenes. Here's Frank Reich on what he's seen from the starter. I always knew he was a great passer, but his accuracy is insane. It's insane. Reminds him of Manning. Okay. All right. And every little Colts guy follows it up. Yeah, okay. Just win something, man. You're playing 11 on 11 without pass, and nobody's going to get hit. Just, Just win something. All right, the Kiss of Death Award. The Kiss of Death Award, ladies and gentlemen, goes to Takuma Sato. Takuma Sato has won the Indy 500 twice. Takuma Sato is a dangerous driver. Top Gun's coming out Memorial Day weekend. That's right. I am dangerous. Tom Cruise, all five foot two of them. Yay. Hey, look, Takuma Sato is considered dangerous. Takuma Sato, uh, again, has won it twice. I am a massive fan of Takuma Sato. So I am going to tell you that Takuma Sato is going to win the Indianapolis 500. I'm going to tell you this. Takuma Sato is the nicest man to interview. I've had the opportunity both times he's won to interview him on my radio show, and I love the dude. I don't know him. I've just interviewed him, but I love the way he races. Two times he's won it. Another time going for it, he crashed. Look, race is fairly wide open. And if you run for Chip Ganassi, you're going to have a real chance to win the race. Everybody, including most drivers, in fact, all drivers, have told me that Chip Ganassi's got speed, particularly Scott Dixon, that others don't have. And that's cool. That's all cool. So if you want to take Scott Dixon, again, if you're going to bet it, you know, you'll get a pretty good number on it. But I got to tell you, this guy right here at Takuma Sato, he is the nicest guy, but he is an absolute killer. And I'm going to take Takuma Sato to win the race. And I'm going to take him for a variety of reasons. One, he's won it. Two, he's a badass. Three, look at the number that I can get on Takuma Sato. I'm going to bet $100 on him to try to win $1,800. That's right. I am. But before I do it, I haven't done it yet. But before I do it, check my Twitter account. Because starting this afternoon around, I don't know, 5, 6, 7 o'clock tonight, I am going to, let me quote my guys at The Athletic, I'm going to do a deep dive into the race. So I'm not going to do what I did in the Kentucky Derby and not pay attention to a horse maybe from over here that can come win. I am going to do a deep dive. It's easy to say Ganassi Racing is the leader. It's easy to say Palo, Palo, Scott Dixon, easy. But I want to know, is there somebody there that's going to win the race that we missed? I don't want to miss 
I, I don't. I, I don't. But right now, all signs point to me taking 1800 bucks home by betting $100 on Takuma Sada. It's a fun thing to watch. Let me give you a piece of advice about the Indianapolis 500. I told you this the other day about a bucket list, but if you get the chance, and here in Indianapolis, it's blacked out. We have to watch it at night. But I'm telling you right now, if you get the chance to watch it, watch early. Mike Tirico and the folks at NBC, they do a terrific job of showing you the pageantry. Now look, I'm not a before-game pageantry guy, but I am an after-game race celebration guy. But for the Indianapolis 500, the start, the pageantry prior to the race is off the chain, yo. It is. It is absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. It's so good, in fact, that I get tears in my eyes. I do. When I go, I will go to the race to watch the start, and then I'll leave the race and get home. And I'm going to turn it on the radio because the IMS radio broadcast is second to none. They make the fifth lap sound like it's a final putt at the Masters or a jump shot at the buzzer. So my fat ass is going to be upstairs grilling my brains out after I watch the start, having it on, and enjoying the hell out of it. That is what you need to do. That is how you need to approach the world. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you. I went back, and I'll go back right now, and you can do this as well. You can go to the online edition of the Sun-Times in Chicago, and right now, what happened yesterday and what we showed at the top of our show which was the Fox News station on site, the morning show, reporting, and a guy walking by with a gun points it at the cameraman that is nowhere to be seen here. Nowhere. Zero. It's not on here. There is nothing reported as I go right here in the Chicago Sun-Times online page. Hey, Stranger Things sacrifices humor for horror. A news person in your city, Chicago, a news person had a gun on the street in the morning, in the middle of the day, pulled on her by some clown who was as casual as you and me going to get a Starbucks. That's what he was going to. He pulls a gun, points it, and not one of these news organizations. It's on camera. We showed it to you to start the show. Uh, Illinois investigating possible civil rights violations in Northwest Suburb District student ticketing. Okay. Hey, man. How about a gun being pulled on a person on a city street on camera? Nowhere. I'm looking right now. Lightfoot's earlier curfew for teens enacted by a skeptical Chicago City Council. Nothing. Not one thing about it. Not one single word about it. Nothing. Zero. 
Nada. It's unbelievable. It is incredible how we don't put what's real in our media today because you're so afraid of being called an ist. That's the only reason. How do you not put that on television? Or in the paper, excuse me. How in the hell do you not? Jesus, it's amazing to me. It's not surprising. Not, it'll never surprise me. Anything you see right now will never surprise me. It won't surprise me today. It won't surprise me tomorrow. It will not surprise me the next day. But man, oh man, right there. You can look it up. Hey, beginning of our show, we showed it. Can we show it again? I don't even know if we can. Can we pull it up again? If we can pull it up again, just go ahead and play it. I I, I know it's a tough ask. I should have probably warned my, my guys back there. But my God. Here we are. What time is it? It's 930 in Chicago. Isn't isn't that news? Dude walks by and puts a gun as a lady is doing a live shot. Man, oh man. All right, I guess we can't. Uh, Anyway, we're going to come back. This is amazing. What I'm about to show you next is amazing. And I'm going to credit my guys, Dylan and Ryan and Davey and everybody in the back. This is absolutely amazing. Uh, A few, over the course of years, the Babylon Bee, you know the Babylon Bee, the Babylon Bee has written satirical headlines. The Babylon Bee has written like, you know, whatever it is. And I'm going to get to them. So the Babylon Bee now has a Google Doc that shows you the headline. And how it came true. I'm telling you, it is the most fascinating thing that you will see on any show all day. Stay right here. Tell your friends. Google your friend. Email your friend. Tell them to get to see Dockage's show. Because I'm telling you right now, you will not believe how fake headlines became reality And once again, showing us what a jacked up world we live in. Stay right here. Text your friends. Tell them to get on here and watch Dockage because this is going to be good. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Did you do what I asked you to do? Did you go ahead and tell everyone you know? All right. So the Babylon Bee. The CEO, Seth Dillon, had posted a list of their headlines that appeared to be satirical at the time, but wound up eventually coming true. It's called the Fulfilled Prophecies Document. That's what he calls it. And it has over 70 headlines that have come true to some extent. Now, some include Two plus two, this is a headline, equals close-minded bigot. And triple masker looks down on people who only double mask. They all came true. As of today, the Babylon Bee is still suspended on Twitter for hateful content. How about that? So let's go through some of these bad boys. Two plus two equals four. 
insists close-minded bigot. Do you know what the headline was of the USA Today? Is racist math? Oh, no, I scrap that. Is math racist? So the headline reads, two plus two equals four, insists close-minded bigot. That's the Babylon B headline, fake headline. Fast forward, 5 May, 9, ninth day of May, 2017, the idiots at the USA Today, Gannett, the worst news organization in the world, is math headline. Is math racist? Man. Oh, all right. That's one. Um, here's another one. Is math racist? I love this. Inclusive, inclusivity win. State of California to make all prisons gender neutral. Now, that was a parody headline. Inclusivity wins. State of California to make all prisons gender neutral. You know what happened? You know what happened? On 9 September 20, day before my wife's birthday, 2017, California Governor Newsom signs law requiring transgender prison inmates to be housed based on gender. How about that? Oh, man. Striking blow against toxic masculinity. Man graciously allows his wife to shovel driveway. Uh, There was the satirical tweet. You know what actually happened? Some dude in 2019 named John Reyes. I'm hoping to open this here. It is not opening. I am not happy about it. All right. All right. Never mind. Where's the John Reyes tweet? Oh, yeah. Even after a 12-hour shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. God bless her. And all our frontliners. Time to make her some breakfast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this one, I hope you guys have. This one's awesome. Biden vows to return nation to era where press didn't bother reporting on president's scandals. Now that it goes back to JFK, right? I mean, JFK was, you know, everybody that he could possibly, there it is right there. All right. CNN and ABC back in 2019 avoid explosive Hunter Biden laptop story. They gave it, listen to this, ABC and CNN avoid explosive Hunter Biden report. Other networks give it fewer than five minutes. That was a satirical headline. Joe Biden wants to go back to an era where we no longer report (laughs) on president's scandals. Damn. Last I saw, Donald Trump took a crap and wiped his butt one or twice, not even enough, and people reported on that. All right. Hey, look, what can I tell you? (laughs) 
Uh, let's see this. Sheltered atheist kid not allowed to watch Veggie Tales. Seems ridiculous enough. Atheist parents, this is the actual, atheist parents coping because their kids believe in God thanks to Veggie Tales. Is this amazing? Like, I may be doing this wrong. My delivery hasn't been great here, right? But you gotta, you gotta give the Babylon B credit. There it is. Tired stories of Christian parents freaking out when their children renounce a belief in God. Wired stories of atheist parents freaking out that their children watch Veggie Tales without their permission and now believe in God. You know, they say art imitates life. Well, reality imitates satire in the current world we live in. This is unbelievable. I mean, let, let's, let's be honest here. This is absolutely incredible. President Trump declares the Babylon Bee his most trusted news source. Now, that's the satirical headline. All right? Uh, the reality is... Babylon B tweets satirical, oh, excuse me, Donald Trump tweets satirical Babylon B article was down to protect Biden. I'm telling you, I, I don't like this stuff. I love it. Uh, Trump cancels 2020 election over coronavirus concerns. That's the satirical headline. Trump cancels 2020 election over coronavirus concern. Of course, what ended up happening was the president's trumped up claims of voter fraud. Of course it was. Of course that's what happened. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, This is a satirical headline. The New York Times praises Soviet Union for unprecedented gender equality in labor camps. Let me say it again. New York Times praises Soviet Union for unprecedented gender equality in labor camps. You ready for Biden? Biden's pick. This is the real headline. Biden's pick for banking regulator once praised Soviet Union for having no gender pay gap. It's unbelievable. All this stuff absolutely coming true. Uh, George Orwell wasn't wrong either. This is a little side note. George Orwell said we were going to have a ministry of disinformation or whatever he said. He said there would be lights on every street corner. Here's a scary one from 1984. Are you ready for this? Here's a scary one. And I've always thought about this. 1984 said you think you're watching the TV. The TV's watching you. Scary. BLM writers. I can't even speak today. Hey, Dylan and Ryan, I'm literally looking at this and I can't read. BLM, Black Lives Matter, rioters awarded Nobel Peace Prize. You know what the reality was? How about this? 
Black Lives Matter nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know about you, and I'm not blaming nobody, but one thing I do know is my town in Indy got ripped to shreds. My town, if that's, if that's worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize, then God bless America. But that was a satirical headline that came true. How many of these have to come true? <laughs> oh, man, let me see. Uh, Democrats propose, this is a good one. Democrats propose replacing all police with traveling bands of hippies singing Imagine. Imagine all the people living for the day. Ah, Here's the reality. You ready? Police pin hopes on rainbow cars to drive out hate. I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. Uh, Democrats propose creation of National Trump Voter Registry. Okay. They want, he's, they're saying that they want to know who, well, by the way, you know what happened? Uh, Antifa launched a new website. Yeah, that's right. Antifa launched a new website. That's important. They want to know Antifa. You ever see the dudes in Antifa? Have you really seen them? Have you seen these little white dudes running around when they take their masks off? They're a train wreck. Like, these dudes are the most gutless dudes out there. Like, they, when they're eating at their Wendy's or wherever, and they're sitting around, and they're hanging out, it's like, what, what are you doing? What, 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 what are you doing? Like, what, what's happening here? Like, you're doing what now? It is amazing. I'm telling you, it is absolutely incredible. All right, a couple more just because I'm having fun. I do not think I am doing this very well, actually, but I am having a good time. All right, let's see. Oops, public school teacher forgets to remove Antifa mask before logging on for class. That's a satirical headline, all right? The reality, and this is pretty close, California high school AP government teacher admits admits communist indoctrination of students. It's not too far off. We all know, right? We all know that the stuff that we read is crap. Uh, Nevada church avoids corona restrictions by installing slot machines. That's satirical. Calvary Chapel, the whole prayer service, for Donald Trump at a Las Vegas casino. There you go. This is a fake headline. True story. Uh, fake. Don uh, Dave Ramsey proposes new stimulus package where every American is just sent a stack of empty budgets. Listen to what Dave Ramsey actually said back in uh, 20. Dave Ramsey on stimulus check. If 600 or 1400 changes your life, Uh, you were pretty screwed anyways. All right, enough of that because I'm kind of boring myself, but I did like it. I wish I had a better delivery for you all. I do. 
I wish I had a better delivery. I wish I had some some way that I was better at doing that. I promise you, the next time we do that, I am going to be better just for you. I am. I'm going to be better at that. All right. Couple of things. Number one, tonight, 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Warriors at home against the Mavericks. Now, here's the deal with the game tonight. The deal, I got two things before we end. One is this game, all right? But I'm going to hold off onto this game until I get to the betting segment. But I got to talk about something so stupid, so made up. I don't know if you saw this, but the Patriots apparently don't have an offensive coordinator. Now, I don't know if you know, I got my little app or my uh, step counter here. Uh, I don't know if you know this at 1044 on Thursday, but it's only May. It's only May. So when you turn on a show and all of a sudden they're talking about, oh, my God, oh, my God, what, what is happening? Oh, my God, what, what is going on here with the Patriots? Oh, my God, there's real concerns among the players about the off. It's May 26th. You know when the season starts? Basically September 11th. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the entire month of June, entire month of July, entire month of August, and damn near halfway through September before you got to have anything. So can we stop? Can we please, God, stop with the stories? There are three stories I'm going to give to you that I do not want to see any more of. One, anything involving Dak Prescott. If it involved Dak Prescott, I'm going to tell you, I've had enough. Until Dak Prescott does something, until he gets cut, until he gets a new deal, uh, until something good or something bad, I'm tired of Dak Prescott. And to that same vein, you know what else I'm tired of? I've had enough of? Mike McCarthy. Every day, Mike McCarthy's getting fired. Every day, we got to listen to us. Every day, we've got to go about the business of the freaking Cowboys. Now you know what's going to be every day. It's going to be every day. Oh, how's Cap doing? Hey, man, they cut Cap. They're racist. They, did, they gave him eight snaps. They gave Derek Carr 20 snaps. They're racist. If I were the Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders, I would be so careful of that. I would be so incredibly careful. I would be like, hey, man, be honest with you. If I was a white dude and a coach, I wouldn't say nothing. I wouldn't. Say a damn thing. I wouldn't say nothing to Kaepernick other than, hey, how are you doing, Colin? Or, you know, ask what name he prefers. I mean, you know, you got to be careful these days. You know what I mean? You got to be careful. But you're going to hear about this nonsense. You're going to hear about it. You're going to read about it. You're going to hear about it. I'm going to talk about it today, and then I am done. But I'm tired of Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, Colin Kaepernick. I also, you know what happened yesterday, or you know what, uh, LeBron James, I, I got tired of him, and, and I didn't miss him. Like, I know the NBA playoffs haven't been great, but I haven't missed him. I haven't missed anything about, not even a little bit, about LeBron James. He, I, and I'm glad he made comment about the school shooting. 
And it was the first time I'd really heard about LeBron James in a long time. And I got to tell you, I didn't miss him. I kind of like watching Jason Tatum. I kind of like watching John Morant. I kind of like watching Jalen Brown play. I always like watching Duncan Robinson. Yeah. I kind of like it. I liked it a lot. So there you go. Yeah, I don't like it. But anyway, let's go back to the game tonight. Uh, I believe, now I've been wrong, so don't take my advice. All right? I've been wrong. Last two days, I've been wrong. But let's take the game tonight. It's Golden State taking on the Warriors. I'm telling you, if you think about this game like you would the stock market, all right? If you invested in something in the stock market and you put $300 down and within two hours you got 33% of your investment back in profit, there's risk in the stock market. There's risk tonight with this game. But if you think about it in that way, if you think of gambling as investing and you say to yourself, all right, I'm not going to worry about it's minus 310 right now. Gamblers will tell oh, that's bad value. Really? But if you think about it in terms of the stock market, look, if I gave somebody $3,000 to invest for me and they said, hey, look, within two and a half, three hours, I'm going to probably, most likely, we got a three-to-one chance. I'm going to give you back a third of your investment in profit. I'm going to give you your whole investment back, but I'm going to give it back to you in profit. Every single person with a brain would sign up for that. Everyone. Now, guys that are idiots would say, well, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know. Okay. You do whatever you need to do, but I'm just telling you, it's not like rolling dice. It's not like where, you know what? Uh, seven might come up. This is a three to one in your favor. You cannot walk into a casino and get that. You can't. And tonight, you got it at home. You got a team that wants to get this done. The NBA has already, if you're a conspiracy theorist, the NBA has already extended this series, another game. It made more money for the league. It made more money for uh, Golden State and its ownership. And frankly, the Warriors are just the better team. And coming off a god-awful performance, they ain't losing. So it's up to you. You want to make 100 bucks tonight? You got to bet 310 at least right now. It may go down. It may go up. I don't know. A lot of lot depends on the injury report. Because of all the injuries, I would wait if I were you a little bit. It might go up on you. But you have the opportunity right now today to make uh, what? 10% on your investment in two hours. That's how I look at the world of gambling. Now, I don't look at every game like that. Like, I would not look at the Celtics Heat game like that. I just wouldn't. That, that series has been too wacky. That series has been nuts. This series hasn't been nuts. This series is going, what do they call it, a gentleman's sweep. You get five games, one at home. Uh, they won. The, uh, the Mavericks won. Look, it's all good. But that's how you got to think about gambling. You think about it like you're investing. Now, earlier today, I forget who it was. Somebody said uh, the number one thing to bet is the over on Luka Doncic 
unless it goes to 40. Because Doncic is going to drop 40 tonight. As I see right now, let me see and make sure it's up already. It should be. Luka Doncic's at 34 and a half. I got to tell you, I got to take it. Now, the one caveat to that is Luka Doncic may get themselves blown out tonight. And in a blowout, you may lose the last six minutes of the game, maybe eight minutes. You know, we've seen it with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's dangerous to bet overs on because Steph Curry sits out the start of the fourth quarter and sometimes the Warriors are so damn good that they extend the lead and Curry doesn't even have to go back in. We've already seen it in this series. That's the only danger with Doncic. But on the surface, I would take, I, I would, I would take the over 34 and a half. I'm absolutely going to bet on the Warriors to win. I'm going to bet $620 and I'm going to take home $200. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know it's a risk, but it's a hell of a lot less risk than I did giving my financial guy money for infinity, infinite something, which has gone in the tank. I mean, I look at it as, as investing, not gambling. Too many people look at it as gambling. No. Investing, people. Another game. The Cubs. The Cubs and the Reds. The game is a getaway game. It starts here in an hour and a half, basically. Cubs aren't winning this game. Justin Steele is not beating Hunter Green. Now, the problem you have, I believe Justin Steele is a lefty. Justin Steele being a lefty is problematic. I'm going to make sure he is. I think he is. Justin Steele. I should have looked this up, but I didn't. What are you going to do? But if he's a lefty, I might back off this bet. But I have enough. I have gone about it enough where I know, as he is a lefty, that the Cubs can't play dead on getaway day. They can't. Bags are packed, and they're out of there. And Hunter Green throws the ball about 350 miles an hour. He's pretty fun to watch. And the game's going to be on TV during my show, so I'm going to bet on it something. Right now, I think, I think I would take the Cubs. So do yourself a favor. Think of this as investing when you look at Golden State. I am totally gambling, totally gambling when I take the Cubs or the Reds. That's just gambling. Total, and look, baseball is gambling. Look, Hunter Green may throw another no-hitter. He's involved in a no-hitter. He may throw another no-hitter. Cubs may, may – hey, look, wisdom – uh, he may, Schwindem, I guess they call it, Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, they may hit seven home runs. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this, the Cubs aren't very good. And I know this, on getaway day, the Cubs aren't very good. And I also know this, Cubs stink. But I can't, you know what, they're my team. So I probably won't bet against them. What I'll probably do is take the Reds under whatever the number is because the Reds don't hit lefties, and we won money on it two days ago because the guy that works on my show, Eddie Garrison, told us that's what we need to do. So the bets for today are simple. We're going to put a little bit more money than normal, and we're going to put it on just to win 33% back. We're going to put it on the Warriors. We need a win. We want a win going into the weekend. That's your lock. And the other bet, ladies and gentlemen, is going to either be on the Cubs 
to outright uh, lose, I'm sorry, so I would bet on the Reds, or, or I am going to take the Cubs to score. Wait a second. Hang on here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone. Hang on before we go. Uh, hang on here. Hold on, people. Game props. Cubs runs over four and a half. Reds runs are four. I wish that was four and a half. If that was four and a half, if it was the Reds four and a half, I tell you this, I would take the under. But right now it's at four. I don't like it. I'm going to take the Cubs over four and a half just so I got something to root for. Again, ridiculous. Uh, this mess will be on from on 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. You can go 107.5thefan.com. You can go 107.5 on Spotify. Who, wherever the hell you get your stuff. I'll be on tomorrow also from the racetrack, from the Indy 500, from Carb Day, from noon to three. I will not be on here. We're not on Fridays. So I have to thank everybody, Davey and Ryan and Dylan and all the rest of you, Corey, all the folks at Outkick Hell, uh, Clay Travis for hiring me. What a great time we've had on this show. Remember, June 6th, we are moving to our own YouTube channel where all you YouTube chat guys can go argue amongst yourself and rip me if you would like. We've had a great week, maybe our biggest week. We're continuing to build. We're continuing to grow. And having said that, I have to thank all of you for that. You have been loyal. You have been interactive. And I have loved it. So, Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Oh, I don't think we're going to be on Monday either. So we'll join you back on Tuesday. Uh, We will reconvene with a lot of stuff. Bet Takuma Sato or Scott Dixon. One of those two is going to win. Dockage, out. Enjoy your weekend.